Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Showgame Podcast with me, Sean Colfer. So it's a bit of a quieter week in competitive terms this weekend, but then there is the Mesh game, which is happening today. So if you've not already uh, got your tickets or you don't have um, anything to do today, definitely go ahead and watch that. It will be streamed, I believe, by ulti.tv, so uh, definitely tune into that game. It should be a good one. The teams look to be pretty strong, and I think it should be a pretty good game overall, so... Uh, definitely something to check out. But today we're going to be talking about the All-Ireland Championships, which happened last weekend. So we saw teams from the Open and Women's Divisions vie for the title of the best in Ireland. Uh, that was World Qualifiers as well. They had the European Qualifiers earlier in the summer, where Pelt, Gravity and Ranler won in the mixed Women's and Open Divisions respectively. But the All-Irelands was to find the national champion, as I say, WCC 2022 qualifiers. So I spoke to two players from the winners. So I spoke to Anya Gohini from Gravity, who are the women's All-Ireland champions, and to Aidan Kelly from Ranelagh, who are the open All-Ireland champions. So let's hear from Anya and from Aidan, and then we'll have a quick chat about what might happen at Euros for the teams that have qualified. So I'm joined now by reigning All-Ireland champion after the weekend, reigning European champion, Anya Gilhini. Anya, how are you? Hiya, I'm good. How are you? Yes, I'm well, I'm well. Don't have quite the same list of achievements before my name, but that's okay. Maybe we'll get there one day. Um, let's start with the obvious stuff. How was All-Ireland? It was really good, yeah. Um, just on, It was just the one day on Saturday. We, I'm playing with Gravity, I'm the captain of the club, and we went down with three teams. So we were really looking forward to the weekend. 39 players going down to Limerick and um, it was just so nice to be back on the pitch playing, getting to play with my own team, but also getting to see the other teams and their matchups against opposition. We ended up finishing with ourselves winning the tournament, but also the second and third team coming fifth and sixth respectively. So really delighted. I don't think it could have gotten gone better. Yeah, 39 players coming off a pandemic. It's pretty great having all those people coming back and wanting to get back into the sport. How have your trainings been? Have you seen that you've been getting good numbers every single week since you've been allowed to play again? Yeah, so we've been training all summer, uh, even with some initially some pod restrictions in terms of our numbers. But we really just had such good engagement this year. People were just so keen to get back into it. Numbers dipped a little bit when stuff started opening up, but then they really did stay quite high. We are a club that's open to everybody. So sometimes it's tricky in terms of it's we get about 20 people to training every week, which is excellent. But sometimes they, they can change. So we like to keep it open like that. And that's how we got so many people coming down to All-Ireland and getting to play the tournament. You've obviously had rivals in the past, like Rebel, who you played in the final last time around. And Pelt have been around as well. And they've got some really good young players. But Flame, a new team as well, this time around, or you know, newish in this kind of, iteration of their team having this kind of competition do you think that's really pushed Irish women's ultimate on is that you know, what's really created that environment yeah I think it's amazing to have them in Dublin before we were we were the only club which is good and bad like you know you have to train where we train and it's nice that they've offered another option in Dublin and they've really just popped up like they're all young players coming from the same school with a couple of older players guiding them and it's really nice just to have them nearby. So we get to play friendlies against them uh, a good bit. We played them three times before, before All-Irelands. And we just really enjoyed getting those matchups, getting some competitive 
training against other people and then I'm really enjoying seeing them develop as well as players so they're all kind of going into college now and they've really just improved so much since we started playing them last summer I'm I'm so excited and I hope to be able to play with them maybe in, on an Irish kind of uh, stage or something like that in the future. Kind of a, a more nebulous question I suppose but you were on the team that won uh, Euros in 2019 and then in 2019 obviously you lost a rebel in the final of all islands how does winning that title back and being the Irish champions again how does that compare to the European win what kind of feeling do they both inspire given obviously with the club you're a lot more involved on a day-to-day basis yeah it's funny how club and national teams can be quite different like obviously the Euros win was massive like uh, that was amazing but it is so nice to like get a win with your teammates that you train like week in week out with that you see all the time and you really get to see all the small improvements people make over the year and just little small wins and and highlights from all your players it was nice to 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 win all irelands again like obviously we we're disappointed in 2019 to lose uh, on universe and i suppose we split the teams again in 2019 we had the three teams so we would have been looking to to get the three teams to finish as well as all of them could have. And then this year, I suppose we, we were aiming for a bit more of a win at All-Irelands just to qualify for Worlds next summer. So it was great to get that, that win against, against them. And they're always just such tough competition that I think we have such friendly rivalry that it, it is nice to, to get the better of them this year. <laughs> and talking about Worlds, I suppose, I mean, a question you probably won't have an answer for at this point, but obviously this season you were missing two of the kind of players that uh, people have come to associate with Gravity and Fiona Myrna, who's now playing for uh, Flame and Sarah Melvin, who wasn't on any of the rosters. But is there any possibility of getting those two back? Obviously, you've got a great team already, so adding two players like that would be would make a would make it a real contender. Yeah, well, they, it's too late to come to Euros this year, um, <laughs> but it is nice to to you know spread out the options among our other players. It is going to be quite a different team going just in general, and then it's just hard to know like with the other team like the other European teams what's going to happen with them who knows who they have or don't I suppose we would have maybe gone to Fiona and Sarah as our first options but it's nice to explore other plays and other ways of of using our current players and and using our players to their strengths but yeah we're we're happy to take whoever can come to training and is is the best uh, on the day (laughs) so yeah yeah so Euros you've uh, like you said you made the semi-finals last time around it's coming up in three weeks about three weeks uh how exciting is that going to play against kind of the best teams in europe again i i'm i'm buzzing for it now especially after playing all irelands i just forgot how much i missed the tournaments we're uh, it's tough it's tough in terms of the flights and kind of trying to sort out how to get over there and and i know the the english teams or the british teams weren't able to go in the end so we're just hoping that all goes kind of smoothly that side the covid side of things but other than that, I'm, we've got all our accommodation booked and the transfers. And I'm, now that we've seen some of the pools and we kind of have an idea, I think everyone's really gearing up like trainings this week were really intense and people are just so excited to just get out there and get some good competitive matchups. And how are you feeling about the pool now that they've, they've been announced? It's a, obviously, it's a good pool because all teams in the European Championship Finals are good teams. But uh, is that the kind of pool that you're looking forward to playing against? Yeah, I think all of the teams in the pool have won their respective national titles as well. I don't think I've played any of those teams before. I could be wrong, maybe a windmill a few years ago. 
but it is nice just to play different opposition. We've just been playing against the same people. Not that that's bad, but it's nice to kind of change it up and that the other team don't may not know what we're planning on doing. And then just we get to probably play about seven or eight games. So I'm just really excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. And final question from Women's All Islands. You were obviously streamed on Pundit Arena on their on their Facebook page. Uh, what was it like being having that feeling, being back at a tournament and there was streaming going on? I know you were interviewed for their cool little social media video at the end, kind of having that involvement in the media side of things again, which you don't really get in the when you're training and playing friendlies and stuff. That kind of stuff, I mean, it adds, adds some flavour to the tournament, right? Yeah, it just adds that element of professionalism, I think. It, it kind of boosts the kudos of the sport that you know you get professional people out to commentate and to stream it and the venue is 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 such a good venue there in UL and it just kind of builds on this kind of respect that we have for each other and the respect for the sport that we have and then hopefully really getting to showcase that and be able to play our best on camera to to whoever is watching it I think a good few like a couple of thousand people had seen the stream so we're delighted with that like any any exposure is excellent for everyone involved. So I'm really, really happy with the way it went. And always nice to win on the stream as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thanks very much for your time, Anya, and uh, good luck at Euros, and I'll see you there. Cheers. Thanks, Mel. So I'm joined now to talk about the open side of All Islands by reigning Irish champion Aidan Kelly. Aidan, how are you? Hello. It's good to be back. It's my third time now, I think. Yeah, but your first time as an All Island champion. So, how was it at uh, at All Island? Yeah, um, it was a funny all weekend. Now, uh, it's amazing how quickly everyone got comfortable with being back in a tournament environment. It didn't actually feel as much of a novelty as I expected it to be. Maybe when we were warming up for the first game, like you fall into those habits very, very quickly which I was very happy with. It was just like old times until obviously you have the extra precautions of the spirit circles. We aren't huddled together. And then when you're going indoors, you're wearing a mask and all that malarkey. But in terms of the actual Frisbee, it was, uh, it was great. Uh, there was a lot of really competitive matches, not just with us involved, but getting to watch teams and players that I haven't seen in 18 plus months look better than ever was really refreshing. I think especially teams like Tribe and Uproar, they seem to have gone strength to strength, especially with their squad numbers and depth from last time I saw them. So it shows that the kind of break in Frisbee has created more of an appetite for people and people who might have fallen out of the sport for various reasons for four or five years ago are back so that's really great to have seen. Then I suppose for Ranla, we went in with a mission. The mission was to win. We did our job. And I think a big aspect of that was down to having the extra addition of a non-playing coach. So having Ian French there really helped us as a unit because as players, all we had to do was think about the mission on the pitch, what our job was, and not have to think of like, oh, how are we countering the other team? What are they doing? And I think against Pelt, especially that's something that we've always struggled with, is that Pelt are really good at adapting 
mid-game and we sometimes have found that way too late to adapt back to them or counter what they're doing. So Ian thinks five or six steps ahead of most teams, it seems, and knew what Pelt were going to do to play against us, was able to counter that and then counter whatever they had to counter that. Um, I think that, especially in the final, gave us a huge edge as well as the final it was um it started off quite contentious as you could expect with the two teams but i think after an initial bumpy period at the start it really mellowed out and became a much better spectacle and spirited game um i think there was a there was a huge sign of respect from both teams um which i was really happy to see and be a part of and I think in terms of the result, a lot of it came down to the day Pelt had before. So they played Tribe in their quarters, who I already said really looked to have found an extra gear this season. And I think they took Pelt all the way. I think it was only three or four points in it in the end, but it was seven all at one stage. And Tribe had the disc twice to take half. And I think if they had taken half, it could have really, really caused an interesting end to that game. Mm. And then when Pelt went into their semi, they played around the two squad, who, um, as we spoke about before, had a lot of strong players that, again, took Pelt. Uh, I think that might have been like eight all at one stage. So they had run hard on the Sunday, whereas we had a bit more of a formal quarter and semi. Uh, we won both the games pretty comprehensively. So I think that gave us the edge in terms of legs. And then I suppose that the, they've usually brought smaller squads. They did have a fairly decent squad here, but that kind of taking something out of their legs, especially having to really push in, in two games against two two teams that or brought brought it more than perhaps Pelt expected. Kind of that mental energy you have to expend as well. Perhaps that is the, the difference in a game that usually has such fine margins, although you won by a few points in the end, right? Yeah, I think they struggled to get D's on us. And I think that came down to the, I wouldn't say lack of conditioning by any stretch, but just that they had run a lot of their legs in the two games. And we were very good at game management. Again, thanks to our coach in the previous games of the weekend and we made sure our O-line were in top form coming into the final because we knew if our O-line could score their points, we'd be in a really good chance of winning the game, which is always the way, really, isn't it? Always the way, always the way. As I said on the Instagram poll recently, O-line, O-line for life, although many of you maniacs disagree with me. So looking forward for three weeks... Uh, you've got Euros coming up. How is the squad feeling about that, about testing themselves against best teams in Europe? It was a, not a bad showing the last time you were there, right? Didn't you finish, was it 10th? But you had three sudden death games or something on the Sunday. It was really, really tight, as I recall. I think we had more than three. I think we had four, if, if not five games go to Universe. I think we only had two that didn't. So... Yeah, I, we lost to Alba in the game to make quarters on Universe, which we think on another day we obviously could have gotten one better. Uh, I think that season we went to Universe like three or four times with Alba, so there was a huge pattern. 
So we haven't really bogged ourselves down with what we can do differently this time, but we think we've grown a little bit. And again, we have better game management because thinking back to that 2019 season across the entire summer, there was a consistent lack of being able to start well in our games. So we put ourselves into a bit of a hole before we wake up and actually start playing to the best of what we can. Uh, so I guess if we were to go into anything differently this time, it's trying to start off on the right foot so we can give ourselves a better position from the first point. We have 25 in our squad going this time. I can't remember what we had in 2019, but I think the depth this time round is extremely high. And I think every player is going to have huge contributions. And again, managing our absolute top seven um i have no worries that we can do that we won't need to have to play the main players across lines for huge chunks of games now obviously crunch time comes it always happens so i'm very excited to see what we can achieve and especially when there's a couple of teams that would have been above us last time not there so uh, i don't think we could possibly have a better opportunity at doing well for ourselves i don't want to give ourselves a exact uh, <laughs> positioning to finish on because it's yeah. not up to me but sure look a final would be great right <laughs> <laughs> i mean your pool your pool looks fairly decent obviously muck and, and forward are two teams that have, have played at the european level for a, a long time odin are fairly new to me i know they're swedish but i don't know too much more about them but overall i think you're the top seed in that pool right so it looks like it's a decent platform to get started two decent teams to give you a good run out and see where you are yeah, exactly. It's exciting. Um, it's a broad spe spectrum of teams to be playing against. MUC we played last time and funnily enough went to Universe. So be good to play them again. Yeah, and going in top seed is a nice feeling, but now it means that the pressure is on us, but I'm sure we'll welcome it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how you go. Like you say, there's some teams that uh, maybe would be seated ahead down there. So I think there's definitely definitely an opening for you. So hopefully, fingers crossed, you can uh, meet up with Clapham in the final. Or we could beat them before then. Or you could beat them before then. That's true. Knock them out in the semis, ruin their, ruin their bid for 10. Mm -hmm. Well, good to speak to you, Aiden. Congrats on the win. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see you in Bruges. Cheers. See you then. All right. Thanks to Aiden and to Anya. Good to hear how those games went and how... Both teams feel they're looking going into Euros. And to start with the women's division, Gravity have got an interesting pool, as, as Anya said there. They've got 3SB, Love and Mantis, who are all teams who have been playing at the European level for quite a long time. But uh, Gravity, given the, the pedigree they have in making the semi-finals last time around, uh, probably looking at that pool as, as a nice start for them. And I think they have a pretty good shot there. Coming out of the pool, there's obviously some really good teams going. You've got Shout, who have been the best team in Europe for a little while now. Yaka looked to be particularly strong. It looks as though they've got Robin Fenner coming over from the States. They've also added Ineas Bringel, who's one of the Eurostars. She's from Portugal. She's a really, really good player. And other teams like uh, Heidelberg and, and Fabulous are going to be uh, good as well. So it's it's a tough kind of gauntlet they're going to have to run, but they seem to have you know a good start. They've obviously got a lot of players who have played in that 2019 European win. They now all have an All-Ireland Championship under their belts. So even without Fiona and Sarah, they have a really strong team. And they're going to be looking to, I would say, 
make some noise in the quarters and, and potentially be a top four team. So looking forward to seeing how they do there. Ranler in the open division uh, also, as Aiden said, have got an interesting pool with Muck, Ford, and, and Odin. They're the top seed in that pool. Realistically, I think they should be looking to come out of that pool. And then from there, again, there are some really good teams. Clapham and, and Coos, chief amongst them, as the two teams who've won well, the last eight. I think Clapham won seven and Coos probably won last time. But there's also Badskid, who have won the German Championship, although it was much closer than, than they're probably used to. Uh, they could be strong. Free speed are there. Uh, Fudge are going to be there. Uh, you're going to have free speed. Chak have got a couple of players back from Canada. Uh, Mooncatchers pushed Coos to sudden death in a recent tournament as well, so they could be really strong. It's it's looking like a good a good division uh, in, in open, even without some of the British teams like Chevron and, and Alba. But uh, Randler again, I think they have a really good chance of making I would say quarterfinals, and then we'll see what happens from there. Hayden's obviously was joking slightly when he was talking about making the final, but, you know, you never know, you never know. And then in the mixed division, where it's probably the most difficult to predict what Pelt are going to do there, because Pelt are a fairly kind of young team to mixed. They haven't played in the mixed division that frequently, certainly at the European level. Their pool looks quite tough. They have Salas Bills, the reigning champions, who are without a few players, but they've added another couple of really good players. It looks as though they've added Olovskis, who's... Amazing at the under twenty four worlds, so you know he's a really good player, and they also got Hester Shevchenko, who've been one of the best teams in Europe for a, a really long time. Uh, they've lost Steph Dosher to Badskid, I believe, so one of their top male match players, but they'll still be good. And the rest of the mixed division looks to be interesting as well. Hroot and Colorado and Flo and Puti, who made semis last time. Uh, Goyota, a Spanish team who are very up and down, but on their day they can really challenge anybody. So. It'll be interesting to see how Pelt do. I think they have potential to outplay their seed. It looks to be that they have the bottom seed in their pool, and I don't think they should be, really. I think they're going to cause some upsets, but can they make the quarters? It'll be interesting to see, and I certainly would uh, back them to, to give it a good shot. I'm not sure the structure of the mixed division outside of the pools is five-team pools, so it's uh, it's probably going straight to quarters from there, so it's going to be a reasonably tough way to get there they might have to play a second and third crossover or something like that so they're gonna to need to win two games in the pool and then they're going to need to win a crossover and they've got the talent to do it but they are playing against a few teams there who've played a lot of mix so it's gonna to be tough but it's gonna be fun i would say and all those games or some of those games anyway are going to be streamed so we can look forward to look forward to that we'll have some more previewing for euros coming up in a few weeks uh, i will be there in bruges as will some of the other people who've been on this podcast before so we'll have a nice preview to talk about how things are looking and what we think might happen uh, but that's it for this week as i say check out the mesh game if you are able to but until next week when i'm talking to Sai hill about this season about what worked what didn't from his perspective and what the uku thought and what might be what we might be seeing next year uh, that'll be coming next week so until then uh, i will speak to you soon